Welcome to Remnant Christian Center's podcast. We hope you are encouraged by this message. Bless everyone. So, for those that don't know me, my name is Isaiah Torres. I've known some of you guys for many years. And it's a blessing and a privilege to be here. I've been living in Burundi, Africa for the last nine in February of next year will be 10 years. Um, I'm there as a missionary. If you can pull up um, the Facebook page of the Cries of a Child. So I'm going to give you, just take a moment just to tell you what we're doing there and what the Lord is doing there as well. God sent us there to go to make a difference. I traveled around the world as a missionary, preaching the word of God, teaching, and it wasn't easy when I got to Burundi. The second time around, it wasn't easy. But God called us to that place. And the one thing that really I understand now why God called us there is because of the hopelessness that is there. The hopelessness of the people. The brokenness. The need that was there. So we went, um, we started an organization, and we went over there. And we went there just trusting in God. And everything has completely just, the Lord has blessed the work that's been done. So what we're doing there is we're working, we have homes for children. We don't have orphans because they're not orphans anymore. We have children. We have 20 children. We have two homes. We're building two more. We've been blessed. We've built a clinic. And for the last two years, we've been running a clinic. And right now, we're probably seeing between 1,500 to 2,000 members every single month. About two or so months ago, we started a new program to give free care for the children under five and free deliveries to the people in our mountain and the mountain next door. Because one of the reasons we went there was also because the statistics were one out of every 119 women died during birth. And one out of every like one to, I don't know if it was 19 or something, children died during birth. And we wanted to make a difference. And even right now, our dream and our goal is to build a maternity ward so we can offer the, the opportunity for the people in the mountains. Because we, we don't live in the city. You see, most, most missionaries, they live in the city. They're surrounded by the commodities. We live up in the mountains. We're like, if you want to impact the people, you got to be with them. If you want to make a difference, you can't hide from what you're trying to speak to. you got to live there. And I've been blessed with my wife, and both of my children were born there. So my wife is Samantha Torres. My son is, he just turned eight years old, Malachi Torres, and my daughter, Isabella Torres, who just turned six. And it's been a blessing and a journey. And we have programs as well that we go and we pour out to the community. We have a social program that we reach out to the community that was birthed simply out of need. Because people going through, knocking on the door, because they didn't have no food. They didn't have things to live on. They needed medical care. They needed things. And our gate was being knocked on all the time, every single day. And out of that, a program was started. And from that, it's become its own department. And we reach out to the broken and to the nitty. If someone needs some kind of help or simply needs counseling, they go through and they receive it. Um, if someone goes and they don't have any food, we go through and we provide food packages. If we go through and they recognize someone who is malnutrition, we have a malnutrition program that is set there to be able to help the children. 
Because, I mean, one of the things we do is we want to change the community. Two of the kids that we have, we took them from, from, um, the, from a house because they were malnutrition. One of them is little Benny, who's about this tall, five years old, weighing about 14 pounds. Then we had a, a little girl who she's with us. Her name is Ornella, who is who she's now seven. But when she came to us, she was 17 pounds. She looked like something you'd see in like one of these things of Ethiopia skin and bones. I mean, it's a blessing to be able to do anything that you can do. And on top of that, I mean, we do different things as well. But on top of that, we go and we have a, a Bible training department, which we go through and we reach out to the churches. We have curriculum that we go and we present and we train. We want a disciple. We're working in Burundi. We've been ministered in Tanzania and even in Congo. And we have doors that are opening to, to Kenya. You can do anything that the Lord places in your heart. And I'm going to speak today about one thing. And today's message is called, Thy Will Be Done. This is the word that I want to bring. It's simply saying, it doesn't matter what you go through. doesn't matter where you're at. Just let God's will be done. So I want to go and open up in the word in um, Psalms 105. I am blessed. I always tell people I love to preach. For me, I consider it an honor and a privilege to come to bring forth the word of God. If you want more information, you can just go to, um, our website is down. A um, few things happened, but you can go through and just follow through on, on Facebook. And pretty soon we're going to go through, we're rebuilding a new website. But praise God, rejoice in all situations. Amen. So uh, Psalms 105, I want to read... Um, We're going to read from verse 13 to verse 21. So Psalms 105 from verse 13 to verse 21. When they went from one nation to another, from one kingdom to another people, he permitted no one to do them wrong. He rebuked kings for their sake, saying, do not touch my anointed ones. And do my prophets no harm. Moreover, he called a famine in the land. He destroyed all the provisions of bread. He sent a man before them, Joseph, who was sold as a slave. They hurt his feet with feathers, with feathers and he was, they laid on him irons. Until the time of his word came to pass, the word of the Lord tested him. I want to just read that again. Until the time that his word came to pass, the word of the Lord tested him. The king sent and released him. The rulers of the people let him go free. They made him, he made him lord of his house and ruler of all his possessions. Even to bind his princesses at his pleasure and to teach the elders wisdom. So we know the word is talking about Joseph. I want to talk about what it is really to submit yourself to the will of God. To be under the will of God. To understand and follow through with God's word over you. You got to understand, what does that mean? Until 
His word. You got to understand, each and every one of us has a word that God has placed over us. Each and every one of us has a destiny and something that the Lord has placed inside of us. But until the word came to pass, the word of God tested him. And this is what I want to speak about. Joseph, oh, I can imagine he was blessed. He goes through. He's favored by his father. He's kept close. He makes a tunic of colors. And he's loved and he's favored by his father. Then he has a dream. And in the dream, he's like the sun and the moon and 11 stars bow down before him. He has another dream where he sees the 11 sheaves of his brother bowing down before him. I could imagine. He's like, yeah, this is good. And he's telling his brothers. And the word of God, it says they hated him even more. You see, you have to understand, there's a price to your dream. We want things and we want things that are going to be easy. That's not the way of Christ. You have to pursue. So they plot to kill him. My question is this. Was it his brother's plan to have him, to try to kill him, but end up selling him? Or was it God's? Because according to the word of God, it says it was God who sent him. There was a plan for what he went through. Understanding the will of God, understanding the purpose of God, this is what we need to do. Trust in God no matter what we go through. Standing upon the promises of God. It's easy to go through and be a Christian when things are good. But the reality is this. Rejoice when you encounter all kinds of trials. Because the reality is you want to know what true Christians we are? Look at us when we're under trials. That reveals the true Christian. That reveals the true person because that reveals how you're standing and how you're trusting in God. When the storms come, what are you going through and how are you responding? So he goes through and he gets sold into slavery. You have to understand there's a difference between knowing God and knowing God. Joseph, he goes through, he's sold as a slave. Now, the thing about it is he knows God. Therefore, he lives in accordance to the principles of God. So as a slave, he's going through and it says that his master's looking at him and he sees God on him. How does he see God on him when there's many gods that are served, but he sees his God? Because he did not hide his faith. He did not just sit there like every other slave. He's like, I'm going to be here. I'm doing this. I'm going to do this with all my heart. And he began to not just work, but work in excellence. He's noticed. He's looked at. And his, his master says, I'm going to put you over my house. You see, the problem that we have, problems come. And the first thing we want to do is we want to kick and complain. We want to moan and groan. Oh, what is this happening? Not understanding that you might be wrestling with the very will of God in your life. The very thing that has been set to test your heart to see what's truly inside. He didn't take his slavery, kicking and moaning and everything. He says, no, I'm going to do what I need to do. Why? Because Colossians chapter 3 says, whatever you do, in word or deed, do as unto the Lord. Amen. When you work, 
in your family, in anything that you do, you do it as unto God. Therefore, he's working, he's noticed, he's exceptional, he's taken, and he's placed to be leader and to run the whole house. I'm sure he was like, yeah, now things are good. This is good. I'm working. I've, learned, I've, I've earned a place. He's comfortable. Then temptation comes. So Potiphar's wife comes through. She has her eye upon him. You got to understand, when, when you carry the presence of God, oh, it's going to be enticing. People are going to want it. The right people, but also the wrong people. And she wanted him to be with her. But this is the thing. You have to hold on to your integrity. You have to choose to hold on to your integrity. You have to be like, no, no matter what I go through, I will not stray away from the things of God. And you choose to pursue and you choose to continue on. Can you imagine he's doing good and he gets thrown in prison for doing the right thing? Why do we always spend our life complaining and murmuring, not seeing? You know what? We're really good quoting the word. All things proceed to good to those that love God and have been called by him. Hallelujah. And the second something goes wrong, is what's going on? If you are following through in the will of God, You're right where you need to be. Just because we do not like it does not mean that it's not God. God is trying to build character inside of us. He's trying to change us and let the character of Christ grow and rise inside of us so that we can be a light in this world. That we can make a difference wherever we go and whatever we do. So he's thrown in prison. And in that prison, he continues to still do the same thing. He doesn't just go there. He works hard, and then he gets given care. Can you imagine? Now now he's in prison, and he's not kicking and moaning. He's like, no, I'm going to work, and I'm going to work hard. And the prison head was like, wow, there's something different about this man. Can you imagine giving him care of the prison? He had nothing to worry about. He just left them everything. Because he carried the character and the principle of God. Until his word came to pass, the word of God tested him. My question to us is, how is his word testing us? There's a lot of things that happen. But the outcome reveals the heart. You have to understand, there's things we don't know, nor do we understand. But God is working, he's building inside of us. I get so sick and tired of looking at Facebook and having people complain about the police and all this other stuff. Do you have any idea that in Burundi, I get stopped anywhere between one to three times on average, and sometimes up to four to five times, because they're looking for a bribe, they're looking for corruption. My papers are good. My license is good. Everything is good. And I still have to deal with hassling. My first years, I was complaining. I was like, "Mm, why am I going through this? Now, there's a difference, though. When I get angry, I pray. I'm like, "Mm, Lord, deal with these men. God, touch them. 
I am so tired of this. Can you imagine having to sit there? You're like, I got somewhere to go. And this guy, is, he, I've been here for more than five minutes. And I'm saying, just because you want some money, I'm like, Lord, you got to help me. Because I'm about to stop somewhere else by another man. And I'm praying. I'm like, Lord. And I'm just, I'm complaining, but I'm praying. So as time is passing through, I'm building myself in character. I'm like, you know what, God, you got to help me. And I've, I've been praying for the last years, Lord, teach me to love. I don't want to just talk about love. I want to walk in it. So things are changing, and I'm still getting constantly stopped. And I'm like, Lord, you really have to do something with me. Lord, touch these men. Bless them, Lord God. And time is passing. Man, I'm like, Lord. This ain't getting easier. God has a purpose for everything that happens when you walk in the will of God. Year after year, time after time, and I'm like, Lord, every time that I have to go down to the city, I'm like, I got to brace myself and prepare myself. And then as time is going through, my wife is like, just be nice. I'm like, it's easy for you because you don't get stopped. <laughs> so I continue on, and I begin to continue. And because this is the reality. If you really spend time in the presence of God, your bitterness is unacceptable. Your unforgiveness is unacceptable. Your hatred and your anger is unacceptable. What you do in it. I continue praying. I continue pressing through. I continue praying. And then the last year or two, every time I see them, I'm like, Lord, bless them. They make such little money. Lord, bless them. Provide for them. Let them be able to have enough to feed their families. And I'm going through whether I get stopped or not. When I get stopped, I sit there and I bless them. When I'm passing by, I sit there and I bless them. And I'm like, Lord, because I'm now, you see, I'm now trying to see through the eyes of God and not through the eyes of men. And I'm going through, little did I know that all these years of prayer were about to break forth something. Before I left, I preached at a church and I have two policemen. That, were, that went to that church that day, they come to me. He goes, man, we loved your message. Can you come to the institute of the policeman? And we want to see if we can talk to the commissioner so we could begin to integrate once a week that as part of the teaching for the policeman, you can come to bring spiritual guidance. I never knew that my prayers were simply working their way to opening a blessing. But if instead of praying, what if I would have just complained? Instead of going through and be like, oh, why am I going through this? I can't stand them. I would have missed an opportunity to bring change in a place where it is needed. To be the light within the darkness. How are we responding to our trials and our tribulations? I still remember, it was like a year or two ago, they came, here's a paper. Someone wants to give you a lawsuit. Come and I grabbed that paper. I looked at my director and I was like, God, praise God. She's looking at me like, what? And I'm like, God's my lawyer, my advocate. 
few months later, there's another one. This person's trying to sue us for like $13,000, $14,000 for nothing. And this is all based on lies. And I'm like, ha, praise God. But you see, what people see from you will also help to change them and to see a greater God inside of you. God is greater still. So I didn't worry about nothing. I began to pray for the salvation of those that were going through. I would pray that God would bless them, that he would be with them, that he would show them the truth. Because I began to care more for their salvation than the stupid lawsuits. None of them went through. Even the lawyer was surprised because Burundi is in the top of the most corrupt nations in the world. Even our people, our friends were like, make a plea. And I'm like, you don't know me and you don't know my God. See, you can talk the talk or you can learn to battle where it counts in the secret place in your room where you sit there. You're like, God, you are my God. It's not just quoting the word. It's living it. And you're pressing through and you're making a difference. And you are pursuing after God. And you're like, Lord, I want even more. You realize, you know what? People don't like to spend time at home and close everything up and just spend time with God. Because the more you step into the light, the more you see your flaws. The more that you step into God, the more the Lord is like, he loves you. He grabs you. But he's like, this is great, but you have to let go of that bitterness. Oh, this is good, but you have to let go of the hate. I love you very much, but you have to change the way you speak. You have to change the way that you do. You want to speak life. You want to declare the goodness of God wherever you go and whatever you do. It's like that song, let them see you in me. Let them see you when I speak. And this is what we pursue. This is what we, what we want to and we desire. The problem is most Christianity, I'm going to tell you what they're reflecting. They're reflecting themselves. You look at churches these days, and what are they doing? They're reflecting themselves. People, they're reflecting themselves. And we wonder why everything's falling apart. When the storm comes, what are you going to do? When the wind begins to blow, you see, I love Jesus. Jesus didn't stop the wind and everything. He says, Peter, come. And he says, call me. And he's like, come. And he steps out into the water. The only problem is he was more focused on everything else and not the Lord. We want so often for God to be like, God, I'm going to die. Please take away the storm. I've grown past that and I'm like, Lord, I want to walk in this storm with you. Because I understand. More than anything, I love God. And I want to continue to love God. I want to see the fullness of God growing in my life because I love him. You don't understand how amazing it is when you put yourself in God's hands and you let him do what he needs to do. You move yourself out of the way and you let him just make a way. People are so complacent. We, are, we can be so selfish. 
carry the burden of Christ. People do not understand. Sometimes things happen and we just don't know. We cannot see what God is trying to produce behind the trials. I have one of my, one of my workers. He works for me. And I hired his son, and he, he's doing work for me. And this family comes between him and his family. They steal like about two feet of land on about a hundred-yard stretch. And all the time, my fields are going through. My food is disappearing from my fields. I know who it is. I'm like, Lord, I came from the hood. I'm like, it was a lot easier when I had a gun, you know? <laughs> If I sit there and I had, if I got my, I'm like, you're not going to do this again, right? You're really, you're not going to do this again. I'm like, Lord, sometimes it was a lot easier. But that's not the kingdom we're in. That's not. It would be easier. But it's not. Because God wants to transform the hearts. He wants to bring out Christ in you to transform you. And the path is not easy, but it's worth it. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, Lord, mm, God, help me. Because if I was in the world, this would not happen. And look at me. I got to be like, oh, bless them. <laughs> and I'm breaking through, and I'm like, Lord, please help me. And things are happening, and I'm like, Lord, seriously. Oh. And then I, I always pray, Lord, change me. I always start with me because I'm the first and the hardest knucklehead to reach. I'm like, change me. God, change me, and Lord, change that man. Change his family. And they're going through, and things are happening. Finally, I catch, we catch his son. He has stolen like about 20-something pounds of rice. So I was able to, and it happened during his father's shift where his father was supposed to be working. I was like, you don't want him to go to prison? You give me a letter of resignation. I was like, I'll get rid of both of them in one shot. I'm like, oh, yeah, this is good. No, it gets worse. So we're going through. We're making plans to buy this land. And um, they'd gone through and they moved the borders. So they took like around 25 to 30 feet by about 45 feet of this land that I'm about to purchase. And I'm sitting here like, what? But little by little, I've been pressing through to God and be like, God, you really need to help me. And then I'm going through and I'm praying, Lord, bring salvation to them. Father, touch them. Because you see, when you spend time with God, you see that people walk in darkness because they're blind. Because they don't know. If they knew, they would change. And sometimes people know. But as Christians, don't make it easy for them to come back. And I'm going through and I look at my fields and they're flourishing. I had to bring security to watch my fields so that I can harvest. But you know what? Praise God, I, it just gave me opportunity to give more people work. And I'm sitting here, and I begin to go through, and I'm walking, and I look at my fields flourishing. And I looked at their fields, and they were withering. I knew why. But greater is he who is in me. And something in me began to break. And I was like, no, God, no. Lord, please. 
I don't want his family to go hungry. Lord, find another way to talk to them. I don't. I begin to have compassion for the very person that was bringing me harm. And I begin to pray, and I'm like, Lord, bless them. Lord, be with them. And then another time they're going through, the deal's about to go through. They decide to take another about 10 to 12 feet of the property. Lord, can you imagine you doing right and wrong being done to you? So he comes to me. He's like, look, I need money because one of my family members needs to go to the hospital. And I looked at my translator and I was like, tell him I'm not going to let him borrow the money. Tell him I'm going to give it to him. And he's looking at me like this. It's like, he needs it. Give him the money. So go through, give him the money. Little by little did I know that God was making a way. And I'm trying to be more Christ-like. And it was all the will of God because a few months ago he died. God gave me an opportunity. You see, we fight against trials when they simply give us an opportunity to either reveal God or reveal ourselves. And I praise God that I passed the test. And Christians, some of the people I've been around, I'm like, Lord, don't take this wrong. But I like to pick them up and slam them against the ground. <laughs> and I was like, I, I was speaking to a Christian. He goes, <clears throat> you could have said, you could ask for forgiveness after he passed away. I said, it's not the same. He's like, oh, he would have. I says, no, because there was a window. And I seized it. And if he would have died. How would I have been able to justify the years of tugging in my heart for me to learn to love my enemy? We're full of opportunities. The problem is we're full of ourselves. And we need to change and press through. We need to overcome and let Christ reign in us. You got to understand, you need the security of God. And even missionaries over there sometimes, oh, I offend people all the time, but in a good way. <laughs> and they're going through, and they're like, oh. We went and we stayed in the city, and all of a sudden there was fighting breaking out. So you're hearing grenades going off and machine gun fire. So the MK-47s in the background. And, you know, this is only just, a, I don't know, it's far enough. It's like five or six miles away, seven miles away, some of it ten miles away. And then I was like, I went to bed, and I'm like, I just have one question, God. Am I safe? The Lord was like, you're good. I slept like a baby. I, I, we were staying at a friend's house, so I come, and I was like, ah. Oh. She's like, oh, what are you doing? How could you just sleep? And I says, because I know God. Because I trust him. Greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. If I was nuts when I was in the world, think I was dangerous when I had a few guns, I'm more dangerous now. You have to understand the will of God. And you have to understand the purpose of God. Who it is you carry. Who it is that you serve. And who it is that you love. But it takes effort. It takes time. It takes preparation for you to constantly be before the Lord. I need you to change me. 
we try to do so much over there. And sometimes it's like, oh, God, this little boy, he came and he was sick. So we went through, sent him to the clinic, and they're checking him. And like, man, that's not good. So we send him to the hospital. They're going through, oh, things are not good. Then he's coming back. He's doing a little better. Then he starts to feel bad again. But in the midst of that time, we were able to give him his first uniform for school. Man, he was so excited. He was like, and his school, he, this was the first time that he was like, we're going to go to school and have school books. He was excited. And then he goes through, starts to get worse. And then all of a sudden, we're like, hey, we got to take him to a specialist. He goes through, takes him to a specialist. They do dialysis and everything on him. And they can't figure out quite what's wrong, but he's having liver failure. And then we're like, man, what are we doing? And his parents are like, they just... They're not doing anything. They're like, we don't have any money. And internally, I'm like, God, what careless parents these are. We're going through. We're the ones going through caring for this son. This is why it's good to know God. So you can hear the voice of God when you're complaining, you're murmuring. And the Lord is like, he tells you what he tells Job. You better gird your loins because I'm about to talk. And he begins to speak to me. And he's like, besides that boy, they have three other kids. A simple treatment, what we paid for that boy, they could not make in a year or two. So we're, I'm going through and I'm begin, this all happened afterwards. I begin to understand because I spoke with God and he spoke back. But I'm like, what is going on? So we send him to the hospital. They go through, they're checking him. We're doing everything we can to keep this boy alive. And then, so he's at the hospital. Things are getting worse. He's He's just, he's, he's little by little, he's just getting weaker. And then he's at the hospital, and he's there with his sister. So right there, they were going through, we're helping to send money for them to, so they could also, have, his sister have the food. Because when you help someone, it's not just helping them. It's not like, here's the money for the hospital. No, we got to go through, we got to care for your transport there. While you're there, you have to eat. You're going to do something. You do it wholeheartedly. God began to bless us when we stopped caring about money and we started caring for people. Amen. So he's there. He's at the hospital. And then he's crying. He, he begins to just start laughing. And his sister's like, what are you doing? And she's like, the, the, Joel is like, oh. And he's talking. And she's like, who is he talking to? So the little boy starts talking. And she's like, he's like, I'm talking to Jesus. And then she's like, okay. She's, you know, they, they're Catholics. You know, the thing about it is, if you're going to do something, you might as well to create Christ into it. Because you want to be part of our social program. When you come in, if we got you hurdled together, you're going to receive the word of God. You're going to start our meeting before you come with a devotion. After that, you get spoken to. And before you leave, you get prayed for. Something has seeped in. He's seen Christ. In the things that we're doing. And he had accepted Christ. So he's there and he's laughing. And she's like, this is weird. So after a little bit more time, she goes through and she's just sitting there. And the boy just begins to smile. And he just begins to go, Indaje, Indaje. And she's like, it's in Kirundi. It's for I'm coming, I'm coming. And she's like, who are you talking to? And the boy is just like, Indaje, Indaje. And he's smiling. And he passes away. And then she didn't think anything of it because he's still smiling. You see? He's still smiling. And then, then she goes to realize that he had passed away. 
But you know what? We're like, Lord, we pour so much money into this child to come to realize, you know what? He had a really hard life. He is in much better care. The money we invested into this child was only a way to see if we were going to be stingy or if we were going to be generous. If we were going to turn away or if we were going to be like, oh, it's hard because I always says, if we don't have enough, let me know. I put my own money into it. This is how we started some of the programs. We're always holding on to cash. You know what? This thing that raps on cash rules everything around me. Christ rules everything around me. This is how I live. This is the way that I walk. I know God. I know the reality of God. I, I praise God because he's taken me and he's taken me from the hood and made something with my life. He took something out of nothing and made. And all I need to do is just trust in God. Lay it down before him and be like, God, you are God and I am not. Help me, Lord God. I pray every day, all the time, Lord, help me to know you. I want to know you more. I want to know your heart. I want to know your thoughts. I want to know who you are and show me the love. And every so often I look and I'm like, Lord, if there's someone I can speak to in this place, here I am. The burden of God is not easy, but it's worth it. Coming here to America has been really hard for me because I'm very discerning. I sense things. I pick things up. So at the store, with family, with friends, everywhere, I'm broken because you see through everything. You can see the things they're carrying and the burdens and everything. And I'm like, Lord. And I'm like, I'm just trying to love them, but I'm praying. I walk through the stores, and I'm like, Lord God. And, I, and I'm going through, and I'm like, oh, this child, he was molested. And I'm seeing pictures. I'm like, God, I don't, God, where's the church? Why are they not reaching out? Why are they not doing something, Lord God, to make a difference in this place? And I'm praying everywhere I go. I'm like, Lord, really, you have to do something. And I'm like, Lord, what can I do until I went through? And I'm talking to God, Lord, I'm all, all I'm doing is praying all the time. And then I see the vision. And, and everywhere I go, there's, there's a trail of smoke that follows. He goes, that's my presence. And your, your prayers are not unheard. And I begin to be like, you know what? I used to detest going somewhere and feeling the burden of the atmosphere. But now I'm understanding, you know what? I want to carry the burden of God because if I carry his burden, he's going to carry mine. I want to change. I want to be the light in this world. And it's not easy because we're so imperfect that things get in the way. Ourselves get in the way. Our desires get in the way. But we've... It's been such a blessing getting here. We went somewhere, someone's like, hey, here's some money. And then we went through, it was like, here's some money. I was like, yes, I can finally have a decent TV, you know, because I have a little 21-inch TV in my living room. And I'm like, I can get an actual, like, 42-inch flat screen. I'm like, this is awesome. And then this is the problem. I begin to think about it. I'm like, 400 bucks. I'm like, man, I have an invitation to go to Kenya. And once I'm there, they'll take care of all my needs. But I can preach and minister for one week. And I'm going through. The TV can wait. I'm going to Kenya. When the heart of God means more to you than your own desires. 
you're doing a whole lot of good things. You're pressing through. And the joy is unimaginable to know what he does for you, how he loves you, how he pursues us. This is most people are burdened when they like, oh, God, why am I seeing this? I'm looking like, oh, Lord God, look at the brokenness that's going on. Why are they going through this? But I realize I'm feeling this because God is feeling this. And it's only caused me to be swept off my feet and be like, oh, it's not just a song. He leaves the line 99. He pursues us. He chases after us. He comes. He's relentless. Doesn't matter what you've done. This is all that God is saying. My salvation prayer was like, God came. He's like, I want you. I laughed for like two minutes hard. I'm coming from a funeral and God speaks to me and I just laughed. I'm like, what does he want with me? Then he speaks again and I'm like, my heart pounds. The spirit of the Lord fills that car. My hairs are standing up. I'm like, oh, he's he's serious. (laughs) And then I begin to speak with God. I'm like, Lord, I've tried for 10 years. I can't change. I can't walk away. I I can't stop. I was an alcoholic and a druggie for 10 years. I did everything from, tried cocaine. I mean, I didn't try. I did tons of cocaine. Most of the drugs you could possibly imagine. Ecstasy, acid, beyond and above everything. But I said this, but take me as I am. Oh, he was waiting for that because he was like, snatched me up, wrecked me down. And I've been a broken mess ever since. You want to know the greatest identity you can have? It's to realize that God uses an imperfect man to bring about his perfect will. All he wants is, a lot of people says, your yes is enough. That's a lie because there's a parable about two sons and one said yes and one said no. It's your obedience. You don't want to do it. You might be kicking and moaning, but God's will is greater than yours. It's all about God. You can have the worship team come up. God is amazing in everything that he does. And he gives us opportunities for forgiveness, for change. But we can't continue having tolerance for sin. We cannot continue having a tolerance for the things of this world. You know how terrible it is to go and I'm going through and spending time with Christians. And I know that they're struggling and they're, they've been dealing with pornography for years. I'm like, God, what's going on? People look at, you know, they're like looking. There's so much craziness going on with homosexuals and lesbianisms. And we're like, oh my God. Where in the world did homosexuality and lesbianism become any worse than fornication and adultery? How we become so tolerant. I'm sorry, but homosexuality and adultery, they both require the same thing. You were stoned and you were killed. What have we become tolerant of? When are we going to decide and choose to, no matter what, God, I want you I need you. I must have you. What can I do, God? I need to change. 
And you know what? You have to, you have to, you have to surrender it to God. Because you will be tested. The word of God will test you. I'm sitting there, get cut off, and I'm like, oh, I'm like, whoa, hold on a second. I'm a man of God. <laughs> Lord, bless them. Be with them. In the midst of your anger, how do you respond? When things are happening, why do we speak death instead of life? Why can't we sit there and be like, you know what, God, beyond everything, you are good and you're in control. And this is my motto. God is great. He's greater still. More than anything you can think or imagine, those are the things that he has for us. In the fullness of God, he's amazing. He's unstoppable. You cannot even imagine or fathom how the Lord pursues you and the grace that the Lord sits there to tolerate the things that we do. And he waits for the opportunity for us to be like here. And he snatches us up and takes us. Because his love for us is just persistent. We're like, oh, he's a good, good father. But my question is, oh, are we good, good children? And I want to say this because I need to say this. America doesn't have a time problem. They have a management problem. People are too busy for God. But if they made it 100% sure that says, hey, you come to this thing for three hours a week and you're guaranteed an extra $100,000 every six months, you'd make the time. Where's our loyalty? Let me tell you where the loyalties are. We struggled for five years to barely make 4000 a month to run our organization. And I'm going through and I'm like, Lord, you really need to do something because this is hard. You know, we're going through and we call around the 12. We're like, I'm sorry, all the money's not in. I'm like, God, I got to, you know, back then we have 25. Right now we have like 50 staff, paid staff. I'm like, Lord, I don't want to look bad. In reality, again, I'm looking at myself. Something shifted. This is why I also love the house of prayer. I love my time in prayer. I love my little secret place where I can go through, seek the face of God, and he just consumes me, encounters me, and transforms me. And I went through, and he touched my heart, and it's like, seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So yeah, I was like, let's change everything. Let's implement God into everything that we do. Let's pursue God in everything we do. God, you know what? I really need to seek you more. So you know what? I'm going to get up at 5, 5.30 in the morning to spend time with God before my day begins because I have kids. I have a family. I go through. I do my work. I'm taking my time. After work, I go through. I love my wife. I spend with her. And then afterwards, I'm spending time with God. I love God. There's something about him. You don't understand. You, have you experienced him or is it just a song? There's something about him that when you continue to press through, he consumes you. You think he's not real? I walked away from everything and still people says, how in the world did you do that? I says, God. You didn't go to rehab? No, I went to Jesus' house. I understand the word of God. I understood when I came to God, him whom the Son sets free is free indeed. That the second he set me free, no devil could hold me back. All I needed to do was surrender and be like, God, in my weakness, he is my strength. 
And I'm like, Lord, you have to help me. This is hard. And I'm pressing through and I'm persevering. I'm like, let's go through. Let's set devotion times in this. We're going to do the clinic. I want devotions. I want Christ-centeredness. We put scriptures on the walls. We're like, we're pursuing God. Then an epidemic breaks out in Burundi. And so many people are dying. Out of about 25 staff, seven of them had lost family members. It was bad. And we're sitting with an empty clinic. But we're struggling to make a furrowed thousand a month. And we're like, we got to do something. And we talked to our board. It says, we got to open this clinic. And they're like, what is it going to take? It's going to be like 4,000. They're like, I said, let's pray and fast. Let us pray and fast. Because how in the world do you struggle to make four and you want to go to eight? It's Christ. When he leads you, you follow. So we prayed and we fasted. You Fasting is not a curse word. It's a really good thing. And here in America, I've gained a lot of weight. We can use it. It's really good for us. Enjoy it. Make the most of it. And you're pursuing God while you're doing it. So we go through and we pray. And I hear the voice of God. He says, do it. I'm like... So we speak with the board, and the board is like, hey, you know what you're asking? I'm like, I spoke to God, and I heard him, and he said yes. This is why it's important for you to have a testimony. So when you're leading, and you say God has spoken, people are like, let's do it. Even if they don't see that it is possible. Your testimony, your gift will make a way for you. You pursue after God, because you know what? The more you seek him, the more that you know he is good. And they says, well, we don't know how it's going to happen. But yes, all of them, it was anonymous. All the board said yes. And we're like, ooh, yes. And I'm like, Lord, now it's your turn. And within two weeks, first 10,000 donation. Within a month, this comes through. We've never locked ever since. From that moment, from that moment, I says, you know what, God? I will never go anywhere raising money again. You are my provider. And for two years, we have not raised money. We're seeking God. We're seeking righteousness and his kingdom. And he's providing. He goes through. We receive an email from people that were not even serving Christ that we met through the embassy. But our testimony stuck with them. Something they saw really was like, wow, stirred them. And they're like, hey, we're going to church. We just got an inheritance. Here's $5,000. He's never late. He always comes on time. We're always counting down. Don't count down. Count up. God, you're coming through. You're good. What is our expectation of God? What do you want to give to him? This is what I want an altar call for. For the people that want to be like, you know what, God? I've really fallen short, but I want to give myself away to you. I want to give myself away to you, Lord God, because I want more. I want you. Help me to die so that you can live in me. If you want to see something in your life that you're like, Lord, I can't continue this because you know what? Everything else passes and fades. But the word of God will never pass. What is important in your life? It has been an over two year process to help me to change. Because 
a little bit over two years ago, I was this close to quitting everything. The ministry, the organization and the work, and even my marriage. I was up to here. You want to know why? Because I was full of self. But the second I decided to make a change, it's been a progressive change, a progressive stepping. And I'm going through and I'm like, you know what? I understand what Job spoke when he says, though you slay me, yet I will trust you. I want to be one of those that turns the face of God. I want to speak as the man of God when he was being stoned. Here's Stephen getting stoned. And he looks up and it's the first time you hear in the word of God that he was standing on the right side of his father. The word always says he sits. Can you imagine touching the heart of God to the point that Jesus rises up and he goes, that's my son. That's what I'm pursuing. This is what I'm going after. I want to come and awaken you to say there's so much more. God can speak to you regularly, often, and all the time. Don't shake off the cross. Put it on and be like, bring it, God. I want to be with you. I want to know your heart and see things through his eyes. And your heart will follow. So this is what I'm, I'm asking. I want to pray for those that really want to be like, you know what, God? I need a radical change because I need change in my life. I want a breakthrough. I, want, I don't want to be a light. I want to be a lighthouse. If you want to come, you come with the idea that, love, Lord, I, I want to leave my comfort. You let God change your heart and your problems don't change you. When the power goes out, we don't have power for one, two, three, or four days. It doesn't matter. I just tell the kids at nighttime, grab the lamps. We don't have water all the time, but it's okay. We have a bin and we just go through and we get water. Stop complaining about your circumstances. Look at the rest of the world. You're rich in comparison. You have a roof over your head while many people that we live around, their walls are made out of dirt. Their holes are leaking. They struggle to eat. And we have abundance. What do you have to complain about? How about we just let go of this world and be like Christ, Lord, and Father, use me. I want to make a difference. I want to break through, Lord God. And come with all reality. As I come even daily, God, forgive me for my selfishness. Forgive me, Lord God, for me just thinking of myself. I want to look beyond me to see you. I want to walk in your hearts. So as they begin to go and they begin to worship, you sit on your chair, you meditate, and you ask God, what's became more important than you? If you hear that you're going through, hey, there was a problem, you're losing your house, what are you going to respond? Praise God. Blessed be the Lord who gives and takes away. I praise God that we didn't have to lose anything. We gave it away. Because he asked, would you give it away? Yes, Lord. All I have is his. You can bring change to this country, to this nation, to everyone around you. You can be a ripple effect. When you 
simply hold on. Be the light. Embrace God. Let his love consume you. And stop pushing the things off. But embrace him. Be like, God, here I am. Oh, this hurts. But blessed are you because when you suffer with Christ, Romans 8, he who suffers with Christ will also be glorified with him. I want to love him. I want to bless him. I want him to be who he wants to be, what he wants to do, however he wants to do it. My answer is like, here I am, Lord God, have your way. So this is what I'm asking. If that's you, count the cost. Because if you come up, this is not just an altar call. This is, this is a word, verbal contract between me, you, and God. Because you're only coming up here if you're like, Lord, I really need to change. And I'm vowing that I'm going to spend time in your word. That I'm going to pursue after you. And Lord, break me. And remake me. So if you're not serious, just sit down. But if you are thinking through, and as they worship, when you feel time, come up. Uh, before I also go into the next thing. If you have not been serving God, or you have never accepted Christ in your hearts, and today you want to do this, during the time as well, you can go through and you can come up. And whoever's praying for you, you let them know I'm here because I'm accepting Christ. Because his arms are always open. Thank you for tuning into our podcast. For more information about us, please visit remnantchristiancenter.com.